following podcast is a Jill Divine Media production. Christianity has become known for judgy people, strange words, ancient stories, confusing rules, and a members-only mindset. This is why I stayed away from the church for so long, but it's not supposed to be that way. I'm Jill Devine, a former radio personality with three tattoos, a love for a good tequila, and who's never read the entire Bible. Yet, here I am hosting a podcast about faith. The Normal Goes a Long Way podcast is your home for real conversations with real people using real language about how faith and real life intersect. Welcome to the conversation. We are continuing our Faith-Filled Parenting series, and today we are going to be talking about healthy friendships. I'm Jill Devine, here with Hannah Lang, and what we've been doing, we have been taking some topics that parents really want some more resources, some more tools for their tool belts, their toolbox, whatever you want to call it, when it comes to some conversations and how you approach it through a faith lens. So we have been talking about the elementary kiddos first, and then Laura Fleetwood comes on and we talk about how you address these same topics with the secondary age. So here we go, how to talk to your kid about healthy friendships. And when you first think about that, Hannah, mm-hmm. you think, well, why do I need to have a faith lens on that? And I, I don't want to say that my child has to have friends that only go to church right, and only have the same views as her. I think that would be doing her a disservice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I'm just using the older one right now as an example, but both of them, really. How do we promote that healthy friendship value mm-hmm. through a lens of faith? Right. Well, when we're talking about our preschool and elementary kids, they're still just figuring out what a friend is. Yes. What a good friend is, what a friend does, why we should be friends. Um, the faith lens really comes into the Bible has a lot to say about how we treat each other. Oh, yes. Like a lot, right? Isn't that the the second commandment, the biggest commandment, the first? Love God and love others. Yes. Exactly right. I love, look at you. Look at you pull out some scripture knowledge. I love that. That's totally right. So Jesus said the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God and then love others. Yes. So both of those things are tied really deeply into friendship. Um, we like to say there are some three basic truths that I like to teach kids. Um, in the preschool years, we say God made made me, God loves me, Jesus wants to be my friend forever. So even in those basic truths that we want our zero to four-year-olds to learn, it's like God made me and loves me. Then you can start talking about how God made and loves other people too. So that means that we should treat them with kindness and love. Jesus wants to be my friend. What does that mean? Basically, our preschoolers everyone's a friend in preschool. Your mailman's the friend. Right. Right? Your uh, your dog is your friend. The random person you wave at on the street is your friend. River loves my son, River. He's one and a half, and he loves to wave to people. He makes friends everywhere he goes. Aww. So I know it's super fun. He also waves bye-bye, and he will give everyone kisses. Mwah! He'll go like this and give them kisses when we say goodbye. So to a young one, friends are everywhere. Yes. Um, and so they're just learning about what friendship means. But it is definitely informed by God's love for them and God's love for others. Can I interject? Yeah, please do. 
and say, and, and maybe this is too young. Maybe this is something for Laura, but maybe you have it for the elementary age. Mm-hmm. But there is something else that God wants us to do when we love others. He wants us to love others, whether they're like us mm-hmm. or not mm-hmm. like us. Absolutely. Yeah. So how do you address that? Well, so preschoolers... Um, they're experiencing the world for the first time and we're teaching them things like colors and body parts and so when it comes to people that look differently than you that's a great opportunity to say God made everyone different God made people with white skin and black skin and brown skin what color is your skin God made people with brown eyes and blue eyes what color are your eyes God made people that are tall and short and, you know, even using that opportunity because that's where they are developmentally, where they're noticing differences to remind them God loves everyone. God loves you. God Does God love people with blue eyes? Yes. Does God love people with brown eyes? Yes. So that's really a great way to bring that perspective into just understanding what friends are and who God loves. It is one of those when, and I know that there's many passages in the Bible, or maybe there's not, I don't know, you would have a better understanding, but when it's talked about how you look at life as a kid, Mm -hmm. your love for God as a kid, and it just kind of struck me when you were talking about all of the friendships. When we get older, and this is probably... uh, we, we put so many labels on things like best mm-hmm. friends. Right, yeah. And I feel that our oldest Lou, she has all these best friends. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, well, you can only have one best friend, which is not true at all. That mm-hmm. is not true at all. But right? it's like, man, do you know what a best friend is? And then I go back and think, how wonderful that these are all her best friends. Yeah. And I want her, she can have, I know that's going to change <laughs> Mm-hmm. But right now, let's just embrace that. Sure. Absolutely embrace it. And th- the basis of that, too, is them learning how to interact with others. So when you're playing with friends, it starts out as just parallel play in the mm. preschool years. And then it turns to interacting with friends. And then it turns to sharing. That's a big component oh, of, yes. of friendship, right? <laughs> so I, I have some um, great resources that I'd like to share on this topic as well. I have these two things called conversation guides. There's a conversation guide for healthy friendships for preschoolers okay. and one for elementary kids. Okay. Um, I love it because it's comes it gets really specific with like things to say and things not to say. So when we talked about how we treat others, some good things to say would be friends are kind and loving to each other. What does it mean to be kind? Jesus loves us. What does it mean to love others? Some other good things to say are friends share with one another. Who do you share with? Who shared with you at school today? That's really laying a good foundation for healthy friendships. Um, You can even, uh, when your older kids start noticing, maybe someone was sitting by themselves at lunch today. How could you be a friend to them? Um, In preschool, like I said, they're still just noticing other people. And then when you get to elementary, um, elementary kids are all about fun. Yeah. Right? And what's more fun than friendships? And like you said, it can change. Sometimes friendships change day by day, especially when you get into those older elementary years. Mm. I remember being in fifth grade and thinking, does she not like me today? Or is she going to like me tomorrow? Or she didn't play with me at recess today? And those things start to get to be hard. Right? You just... 
scowled like you know what's coming for yeah. girls, especially in friendship, right? It, it, it scares me. Mm-hmm. It scares me a lot. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I have to wait and see what happens. But yes, it de- definitely, because I think that I get really emotional about it because we talk about Enneagrams a lot mm-hmm. and I'm just that uh, a two. And so I'm always taking on other people's emotions mm-hmm. and their feelings. And mm-hmm. so if I even see, so sometimes I want to be alone and sometimes kids want to be alone, but yeah. I automatically think, oh, they need somebody. What sure. do I do? Well, I mean, some things that you can say to your elementary kid, especially if they're going through some tough friendship things, um, is, you know, friends forgive each other. What does forgiveness look like? Why is forgiveness hard? And just showing a lot of empathy because as we get older, I think we forget how dramatic everything can be in friendships, right? Like you could have a very best friend on Monday and by Friday we are no longer friends because she didn't sit with me at lunch. Yes. Right? Like it can be very dramatic and hard. So a lot of empathy and patience in listening to your kids and talking about friendship is I think really important, especially since you're reminding them that you're a safe person yes. and you will listen to them and it, their drama is very important to you. <laughs> yes. Because as they get older, and Laura might talk about this, those friendship complications get way more complicated. Right, 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 right. And if you establish yourself in the younger years as someone they can trust and someone they can tell things to, then you're going to have that built-up relationship to talk about more complicated things when they get older. This just kind of hit me. Everything kind of just started connecting like a puzzle. (laughs) Yeah. We're how many episodes in talking about faith-filled parenting and these topics? And when we were discussing these and how we were going to do them and what we were going to talk about and we were honest we said behind the scenes you know some of this stuff we really there's not a faith component that really Mm -hmm. needs to be a part of it as Mm -hmm. far as you know forcing it Mm -hmm. subpar cheesy but just listening to you speak and thinking about these episodes it's our character Mm mm-hmm and who God wants us to be. And who he designed us to be. And it's clicking. Mm, yeah. I, I love that. I can see it in your eyes. I know. Like <laughs> it it's clicking. It's those things that I was really worried about and still worried about. But mm-hmm. like, oh, you have this conversation and you have to bring God into it. Mm-hmm. You are bringing God into it when you talk about being kind to others right. and sharing with others. Right. And maybe I'm so glad you're not laughing at me because maybe this is something that people are like, yeah, we already knew that, Jill, but it's clicking. Yeah. Well, you don't, I mean, something that I've experienced, I'm a new parent. I totally used to be super judgy about parents before I was a parent because you don't know how you're going to handle something until you're in that situation. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just think it's really beautiful how God gives us these kids. He, they're his kids really, but he lets us take care of these kids on earth. And it's our responsibility to help them learn about who they are and who he is and how to treat other people. Um, And it feels like a big responsibility, especially when you throw in that faith component of like, 
am I going to say the right things? Do I need to shape everything they understand about Jesus by the time right. they're three? Right. But uh, we have the beauty of time. Right. And we're going to make mistakes and we're going to say the wrong thing and we're not going to be able to explain it all in one conversation. But some good things can only happen over time. And so when we talk about, you know, faith or technology or sex or whatever it may be, starting in these younger years and up through elementary, no matter what we're talking about, I find having a faith component to it so um, just encouraging, relieving, energy giving, because I know that God's on my side. I know that he's really doing the doing. I know that his Holy Spirit is going to be with me and he's going to take care of my kids and that God loves them way more than I could ever love them, which blows my mind. I mean, I never thought I could love anyone as much as my son. Oh, I know. I mean, it just, right. And it gives you a little bit of insight into how much God loves your kids and how much God loves you. And so there's there's grace and there's comfort in knowing that as we're having these conversations about faith, friendships, technology, sex, whatever it may be, like God God is with us. He's he's with us. He's he's helping us do the thing and there's forgiveness and grace that covers it all, but um you know, I'm I'm glad that I have my faith to inform the way I have these conversations with my mm-hmm. kids. I'd like to hit pause on this week's conversation to talk to you about how I'm able to even get you this week's conversation, and that would be through Zencaster. I've been using Zencaster since the day I started my podcast on my own at home, and it was recommended to me through a podcast course that I took. I have seen Zencaster grow so much since I started that uh, right before the pandemic hit. And I have seen how much Zencaster has put into the development of making it easier for individuals to be a podcaster. One thing that I want to highlight is that I actually used a different hosting site. And what that means is a different site to get this podcast out there for you through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, all the different platforms. I was recording all of my audio through Zencaster and then using another platform to distribute all of the episodes. Now, I switched to Zencaster because that became a new uh, feature that they offered. And it just makes sense. I'm able to do everything in one place. And I love that streamlining it, making it easy. That's what Zencaster is doing. And they want you to experience it too. And I want you to experience it as well. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use my code. Normal goes a long way. You'll get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. Like I said, I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. And speaking of stories, let's get back into this week's conversation. So let's make sure that we haven't missed anything for these parents. Mm -hmm. What other tips and the resources do you want to provide before Laura talks about that secondary age? Yes. So friendship, um, like I mentioned, I've got these conversation guides. I just want to read a few of you or a few of these options of things you can say when having a conversation about healthy friendships with your children. So um, I think a great way to talk about friendship, especially in the elementary years, is to help your kid create a list of qualities that make a good friend. Um, Name three words that describe a good friend Mm. or 
tell me about a time a friend made you happy. Tell me about a friend that made you sad. Um, friends forgive one another. What does that mean? If you saw your friend, you know, being mean or rude, what could you do? Um, provide opportunities to talk about tricky friendship stuff. Um, and I think a great way to encourage your kids um to have God's truth in their heart is to memorize little Bible verses that could inform friendships, oh. right? So maybe they memorize the Bible verse that says, a friend loves at all times. Or maybe they memorize a Bible verse about forgiving others. Or maybe mm. they memorize a Bible verse about love God, love others, right? And those little truths that you could have be mantras to like pull out every time you talk about faith, then you're reminding the kids, this is what God says about friendship. And um, we can trust we can trust God's design for friendship. I like that where you can take scripture and make it a mantra. Mm-hmm. You know, some people have phrases they like to say. Yes. Uh, my father-in-law loves to say, "Many hands make light work," or you know, uh, throw kindness around like confetti is something people say oh, a lot. I love that. Right. But you could take something that Jesus says or something that you hear in scripture and have it be one of those mantras you say over and over and over when you're talking about friendship or conflict or whatever it be. Um, so that becomes part of your child's internal dialogue. The words you use serve as a foundation for how kids view themselves and form friendships. We are continuing the conversation on faith-filled parenting, how to talk to your kids about healthy friendships. That secondary age, Laura, I mean, as Hannah and I were talking, when you're little, I think my oldest has 10 best friends, you know, and, (laughs) and we talked about that. But when you start to get older, you start to see these friendships form, and I know from firsthand experience how important they are. I have some best friends from my middle school days, Mm -hmm. and that's super important to me. But we want to make sure that our kids are being great friends themselves, Mm -hmm. but also surrounding themselves with great friends and healthy friendships. What would you offer to that conversation? So here's a few principles I think that are helpful to keep in mind. Um, The first is that having different kinds of friends is good. People who are different from you are great people to be friends with. Yes. Your friends don't all have to come from the same background, from the same culture. From That's one thing I love about my youngest daughter. She has friends from so many different cultures. And I just think it's a beautiful way for them to experience the uniqueness of the people that God has put in the world. So encouraging that, um, but also encouraging them to be wise about who they spend their time with because Mm -hmm. who you spend your time with does rub off on you. So, um, you know, my kids have friends who are not Christian. They have friends who are of different faiths. I think that's awesome. They have conversations about those things. But I also want them to be careful of, are the people that I'm surrounding myself with, are they um, are they doing anything that I'm not comfortable with them doing? Um, do they say things that make me uncomfortable or that I wouldn't want to say? Those are some like warning signals that might come up that you could tell your kids to watch out for. Okay. Um, and it's also important to let them know it's okay to be friends with someone and then to move into a season where you're acquaintances. So maybe with someone like me 
who <laughs> is that Enneagram type two who cares about others, doesn't mm-hmm. want to hurt others, doesn't put their feelings up first. I mean, how do you approach that with the secondary age? Like, how do you say, okay, it, it is okay to look out for you? Yes. Mm. <laughs> Okay, so I'm just... I might be asking for myself. (laughs) There's this conversation that's coming to mind that I heard with Reese Witherspoon and Glennon Doyle on Glennon's podcast. And it was all about friendships and, like, the complexity of navigating female friendships as an adult, even, let alone as a kid. And, And Reese said something really interesting. She said... Yeah, um, she can think back to times in her life where she should have closed a friendship instead of just lettering, letting it wither away. Kind of like, it's kind of like ghosting a boyfriend yeah. and not being direct and saying, actually, I think that we should end our relationship now. The same thing can apply to friendships. And it's, it is very uncomfortable. Well, so so uncom- uncomfortable. Um, yes. But I think that we can get to a place where being authentic with our feelings and authentic about what's right for us in a season is more important than a temporary uncomfortableness and in the end offers the other person like more value mm. because we're being upfront and honest. Right. Same thing with the breakup. So I think as we are talking with our early adolescents and teens about friendships, it's important to to focus on reconciliation. So when there is a fight, which there will be fights, to not let it go unresolved or untalked about, but to come in with a humble Christ-like attitude and say, hey, we had a disagreement about this. What's your perspective on it? What's my perspective on it? Can we come to an agreement where we can move forward as friends? If not, that's okay. And let's just agree for now to be civil to each other and to be acquaintances. Like, what a healthy way to to deal with conflict, right? But not an easy one. No, not – who likes conflict? Nobody likes conflict. But there's so much beauty in doing that. That's what God calls us to do. Well, I was going to bring up what you said in the very beginning, and this is something that I talk about a lot with my girls – is that I want them to have friends that look like them. I want them to have friends that don't look like them. I want them to have friends that have different ideas than them. And that is what, I mean, I know I'm not probably getting it right, but isn't that in Acts maybe? Or I can't remember the actual scripture, but that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to be around people that are different than us. It's what you said, though, when they start to give you this certain feeling, a person that's different or like you, like you or different than you. Yeah, it doesn't matter. That's when you have to, to lean in because I, it would be really, really naive of us to think that all of our kids will be only friends with Christian kids. I wouldn't want them to be. Right, because it is a teachable moment on both ends, as long as both parties are working together. Yeah, I think it comes down to respect. Yeah. Teaching your kids, your teenagers, what it looks like to respect others and what it looks for others to respect you. And if you start sensing in a friendship that there is a lack of respect, then 
maybe ask some deeper questions about, is this a person that I want to give close access to in my life, right? Because we have different levels of friendship, just like Jesus did, right? He had all of his followers who like walked with him all the places and then he had his 12 disciples and then he had his inner three right so i think we can use that as an example with our kids to say hey you know it's great to be let's think like a soccer team you're friends with the people on your soccer team but you're probably not telling all of them your deepest darkest secrets because you don't know you can trust them right right but your your friends yeah. with them you're nice to them you know and then you've got your smaller group of friends right that maybe you hang out with more but even in there are you really sharing all your stuff probably not your inner circle is the most important they've seen the ugly they've seen the ugly they love you anyway that they're going to be where you invest most of your time and your energy that inner circle may change right. like and that's okay but so it's helping them understand that, that you can be friends with people, but not give them access to your heart, mm. to where they could hurt you on the same level as someone that you let in. And let's also be honest that y- your friends, even your best friends, are going to hurt you. Like, right. we're just sinful people, and right. we that's going to happen. And so that's where that reconciliation is. Um, I would encourage parents to encourage their kids to always work out conflict in person and not over text Um, because so much can be misinterpreted when you're texting back and forth. And you also text things you would never say in person, you know, and yet it hurts just as much. Um, if not more, because you can constantly go back and read it. <laughs> right. It's right there reminding you. <sighs> so it's just helping our kids have a good picture of what friendship, um, the role of friendship should be in their life and helping them evaluate who they let close and and, and knowing that conflict is going to happen. So let, let me show you how to work through it. Don't work through it for your kids. At this age, as teenagers, they need, they need to they do need, it. They don't need their parents <laughs> stepping in and yep. you know trying to resolve conflict. They have it's time for them to learn how to do that. When they're younger, you can sit by their side maybe as they are having this conversation with their friend. But by the time they're teens, you coach them up front and you make a safe space available for them, um, coach them, you know, on maybe some ways to open it and, and close the conversation, but then let them, let them do it. They have, it's one of those things you learn by trial and error and it can be hard to, to let go like that, but we, we don't want to be meddling in their friendships. We want to be mentors and we need to be there to listen. Yes. Yes. All right. We tackled friendships. So how about we talk about the media? <laughs> the media. <laughs> the media. Oh, my goodness. Oh, how to talk to your kids about the things that they see on the news. Oh, yeah. Not easy, but we're going to talk about that next. This world is hard and sad and scary sometimes, and that's never what God intended. And he didn't want the world to be like this anyways. Or And so when you talk about, like, hope that goes beyond your circumstance, that's where you bring the faith component in. I think asking questions like, how do you see that event impacting your life? Because that's something that 
they're processing is how is this war going to impact me personally? Because remember, teens are very self-focused. 